0: Okay, so I'm here with uh, Victoria. Victoria, it's super great to have you on the Overtime podcast today. Very nice to be here. Um, Like with every other episode, why don't you kick us off by highlighting, you know, kind of what you've been doing and where you're going with it.
1: Okay, so I'm a community and ecosystem architect. Um, What I've been doing the last... Five years is creating communities for co-working spaces startups corporates um, and
0: helping them understand who they need to be talking to and how fascinating so a lot of people related skills only people (laughs) (laughs) all people the people's architect (laughs) um and and which is exactly why you're here today because i think um, although we may not use the same terms, but building communities, building teams, building ecosystems, building environments uh, are all responsibilities of managers and leaders. Uh, so I feel really grateful that we have you here and you can kind of give us insight on how you go about that. And I think in your case very much, and many other, you know, other managers might relate, that even when you don't necessarily have that, line management responsibility, you still have to uh, galvanate and get people together around a common purpose, Mm -hmm. uh, mission, space, um, and like almost sheep herding in a way. (laughs) Um, I know that's sometimes how I feel, but how do you lead uh, and have influence without necessarily having a title? So I think we've got a lot to explore today, but where should we start? what, what, what have you learned from all the you know great communities that you've built? Oh, that's
1: such a great question. I think I've learned that if you keep the end goal in mind in terms of why do people care, why are they here in the first place, and if you remind yourself of this at any point when you're making important decisions, when you're building the next step of that community, I think that's when you just keep inside what are you building and for whom, mm-hmm. and that's really important. And I think that helps also in keeping a bigger team on track as well when it comes to working with a lot of volunteers. So, for example, um, I worked for Startup Weekend for two years until it was acquired by Techstars, mm-hmm. and I had 3,000 volunteers to look after all around Europe, and effectively being their one point of contact when it comes to we're organizing this incredible 3D hackathon in our city. What do we need to do? Who to chat to How do we become a sustainable ecosystem? Mm -hmm. And that's really fun. And you you cannot forget at any point that your end goal is to make these people really proud of their events. So whatever you need to do, it needs to be done with humility, with empathy. You really need to be their their friend. You're you're not managing anything. You're just helping them get there. So that uh, humanity has been super, super important.
0: So that's really fascinating. 3,000 people, I'm assuming, spread across yes Europe. Yeah. How do you kind of light the fire within them, I guess, with this strong purpose? But sometimes we can feel, you know, a bit disconnected on a bad day. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of ignite that in people that are, well, so many people that are spread, you know, across different countries?
1: I think it's reminding them why they got involved in the first place. Mm-hmm. If you can um, bring back that feeling of people having a bad day, and of course it gets hard because they have to find local sponsorship, yeah. they have to find their own team of volunteers to build that. And they all do it because they care for the local community. So I think reminding them of stories where that was really crucial to someone's life. Mm. Um, do you remember that person who came and then this and this happened to them? They started their own company. And just reminding the positive stories of what these communities have created in the past. Right. And that this is whats is, what we're waiting for to happen next.
0: Right. And I guess that's probably helpful for you as well because you'll have hard days too and you'll hit a wall and it's important for you to have kind of that cheat sheet of why I'm doing this at the ready.
1: <laughs> I do have a folder in my Dropbox about that. Do you? I do I just save nice emails of people saying thanks for something I've helped on.
0: <laughs> That's it's funny but true. I haven't ever known that <laughs> it's the same thing when and it it's helped me so it was it came out of a coaching session where like I'm quite self critical and so I needed to kind of collate all the things pe- people I respect that have said about me. And so when I hit that wall, you can go and check it out and go, oh, well, all these people think it's I've got so something. Curious. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. I think that's great. And and if you can't, you know, lift yourself up on bad days, then you can't lift up your team. So I think having that self-care at the forefront is so critical.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Okay, so so you... Manage this 3,000-person community. Insane. Um, But lovely. (laughs) But also lovely, I guess. Because,
1: you know, there's so much joy. There's so much celebration that comes in all directions. Because... The people that run their local events, they celebrate their community. and all the entrepreneurs and people that want to become entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And then that gets escalated. And it's just everyone really cares about each other. And that's beautiful to see.
0: You get a lot of energy from it.
1: So much energy. And I think that's been a very similar... Um, it's been very similar to Creative Mornings as well, where the motto is, again, one-to-many-to-many. Too many. Mm-hmm. So you have one core team that manages a group of volunteers or... Uh, employees who then take care of a larger group of people. Mm-hmm. So for example, for Creative Mornings, I have 8,000 people in London that are part of our community here, but then there's 172 other hosts like me who have the same
0: fun volunteer job. <laughs> <laughs> for those, and uh, why don't you get, shed a little light on what Creative Morning is for those that uh, haven't heard yeah. of it before.
1: So Creative Mornings um, its a very informal monthly morning talk and it's all about the creative community and being a place where they can come together, share what they're working on and just get inspired by one another. Um, and we have yeah, 170 cities around the world, it started in New York. And it's just such a fun thing to be part
0: of. Mm-hmm. It always looks that like I haven't been able to attend one yet. I'm always out of town on Thursdays or having coffee at 8.30 in the morning <laughs> in my kitchen. Um, but I do follow it on Twitter, and it always looks like a really energizing event, which is, I think, fantastic considering the time of the day. Uh, and some people are just not at their best health <laughs> in the morning. Um, so 8,000 people, that's, that's, you know, not chump change. How do you how do you get that going? You know, how do you build that? How do you um you know, keep people going because I'm sure it's it's an ongoing thing. It's not just you get let eight people show up and then it manages itself.
1: Yes. Well, so again, I think there's a lot of similarities between these different communities mm-hmm. because um when people show up, you really have to acknowledge that they're there. If they need help, really Keep thinking, how can I help this particular person? What do they in need of? Are they raising money? Do they need a job? Are they new to town? Mm. What is the very particular human element that you can help with? Yeah. And it can be so simple. It can be remembering someone's birthday or referring them for something that, you know, is important to them. And then these people keep showing up. And in many ways, they become a community advocate. Yes. And it's so important to have these pillars of people who show up every time. We yesterday had a girl who took over our Instagram stories, mm-hmm. and she's been attending every single event, which is crazy.
0: That's nuts. Yeah. Even I haven't attended all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: But yeah, I think um, just being very grateful about who's showing up and celebrating them. There's yeah. a lot of joy in these communities, which is something that I only. Recently, thought about why do you enjoy it so much? It's because it's all about celebrating the people around you right. and giving them that stage, giving them that opportunity to to shine in front of uh, their peers.
0: Yeah, and really empowering them. Yes, to, to kind of lead because that.
1: sometimes it can be such a small piece that you can contribute to someone's journey, someone's career. Yeah, and it can be just little introduction of oh, I remember you were looking for a designer or I remember you needed help with that project. Uh, we have a friend who is was doing a video about his products and many of us came to help. And it's just these little things of show up for the people that care for, for that community and then they'll show up for you.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, so I think this is why I really wanted to have Victoria on because if you relate this into um, you know your teams at work, and spending that one-on-one time with individuals to understand what they're looking for, understand how they want to grow, and then as a manager, be able, being able to make those connections for them. Because like you said, it can be so simple as remembering a birthday, um, remembering a pet's name, uh, you know, and, and that's all the human element of management or influencer. Um, you know, making people feel heard like yeah. they're But physicians really
1: have to care. Yeah. You really have to actually spend the time with these people and understand that people take time. You yeah. cannot hack it. You cannot do it really quickly and just get all the data out. You just have to pay attention to, mm-hmm. to what's going on. And next time you see them ask, oh, how did it go with this thing you had coming up? Yeah. Or what happened with that interview? And this is how then you have... People bringing you cake yeah. on your
0: birthday—it's <laughs> just so wonderful. It's a great return. <laughs> so, how do you? I'm. This is. I'm really curious. How do you um, remember all the facts and data that you learn about? You know, people that you meet through your community building. Because, like, I'm awful with names. So, forget <laughs> remembering and kids' names. I can never remember. I'm always like, do they have kids? Yes, too. I think. Um, I'm just really bad at remembering. Do you well, have a system or are you just natural at that?
1: With Creative Warnings, we have a bigger team. So we're eight and mm-hmm. all of us remember different things. And luckily, everyone's quite engaged. So yeah. there is a lot of information that is spread on Slack. Thank God. And, yeah. You need <laughs> My a My team definitely remembers more than me. That is for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, But personally, sometimes I would even set a calendar alarm if someone tells me I have this really important thing that day. If it's um, a friend or someone I want to build a relationship with, I would put it in my calendar and say, okay, on that day, check how this thing went with that person. Because you're not superhuman. You can't remember everything. Exactly. Some people use softwares. Like contact to different CRMs mm-hmm. where they can say, okay, this is what I spoke to that person. We might been a month to do X, Y, Z, mm. which I think is just I don't know. It's a bit overdoing it. I think mm. if you if you remember the simple things and it comes quite naturally, then yeah, that, that's it.
0: You don't yeah. need to, yeah. you don't need to have a, a, a software <laughs> system. To, <laughs> yeah, but I think it. You know, as you said, you're not. We're not superhuman, and we can't. Well, I can't. I don't mm. know. Some people can, I'm sure, but we can't all be expected to remember everything. And it's not unrealistic or not ridiculous to just jot down little notes. And yeah,
1: yeah, or even just set a boomerang in your email. Yeah, to think that okay, I want to hear, I want to follow up on this conversation in a month, just right. so that you help yourself remember in the future. Just help in your future self. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, so, going back to the kind of notion of community management, which I think is a term that's used for a lot of different roles. Um, we had talked a little bit before recording about um, kind of a facilitator. You're kind of creating this space. Mm-hmm. And as in that role, you, if done well, you want the community to really self-manage themselves. Can you expand on that thought for a little bit?
1: Well, so... The community manager as a role first emerged linked to social media. Yeah. But I think very, very quickly companies realized that that's not enough. And it's one completely separate job to manage an online community. Mm -hmm. And then it's a very different job to manage the overall community. So understanding who they are, how they communicate, what they need, who wants to be more vocal, give them more space, mm. who's coming to events, really be aware of the community composition and how it can grow. Um, and, and for that, it's not just day-to-day. It's a lot of strategy in terms of where are these people now, where are they going to be in two years? Is it global? Is it, how is it changing? What right. are the challenges of that community? There's just a lot of questions to... To think about, and that's why I think um, naturally you see leaders in these communities emerging and actually at Techstars they are called community leaders Hmm. because these are the people that are taking action and building things locally and then um, saying that you're managing these people sounds really wrong because you're not, they're doing all the work and you're helping them get there. Right. Uh, So it's definitely more of a facilitation, and I think being able to say, uh, to to show that you're there for them when they need you is great, but you're much more of a support role than a manager in that case.
0: Yeah, but I think that's, it's really kind of the role that a lot of managers should take, Mm -hmm. less so on the directing and enforcing and more so on the... Support, facilitation enables, I think. Yes,
1: because otherwise it can rarely happen. It cannot really force these things. But if yeah. people really want to uh, to be involved and you're giving them the space, the spaciousness to yeah. do that, then it happens. And it's exactly the same with culture. Because... You cannot own, you know when people say we own a community, we have a community, we manage a community, and then we have this culture. It's like, no, it doesn't really work that way. You have to um, let the culture manifest itself Yes, and yeah, yeah. support
0: it. And how, how do you manage that process? Because I think some people might get uncomfortable by just letting something find its way. They instinctively want to influence it. How do you know the balance between letting it go but also kind of bringing it back?
1: I think it's allowing a sufficient amount of freedom to try things out Mm -hmm. so that um, the community, whether that's in a company, the team members or a large, large community of a product or or service, Mm -hmm. can try things and see the results together and then collectively make adjustments. Versus having very clear clear rules of yes or no, this is allowed, this is not allowed. And say, well, let's test it out. Is it safe enough to try? It? Yes. Well, let's, let's do that.
0: Great. So it kind of goes back to your earlier point about clear on purpose and goal. When that is clear, you can allow that freedom yeah. because the question you ask is, well, does it bring us closer to the goal? Is it on purpose? Yes, no.
1: Exactly. So, for example, a typical one is... People who want to work more remotely in their company, but yeah. managers are very nervous about it because they feel that if people are not in the room, hows how are we going to bond? And then are they actually going to work? Mm. It's, it's very uh, a very conservative view of modern ways of working. Mm-hmm. But if everyone says, well, can we just try for three weeks? just have one day when work from home or can we just go and all together work from a different location just to try it try it out. Mm. You know, the worst that can happen is that you don't do it again, but at least <laughs> you try it and you and you show that you're willing to listen. I think that's really important, especially for um, when it comes to building big communities where there's a lot of features and a lot of elements where mm. communities um, community members contribute to that creation is Okay, we heard that you really want to change that feature or build something new. Let's have a conversation, and we're going to try and make a small change.
0: Yeah, exactly. Versus
1: shutting it down and saying no.
0: Yeah, I think there's a big difference to listening and to actually hearing. Absolutely. If that makes sense, you know, Absolutely. like you can managers can like oh, I listen to what you say, but very there's a huge impact when a manager's heard what you said and makes an impact or makes a tweak where it's possible. And where when it's not possible, you can communicate back and say, you know, I heard what you said and I appreciate where you're coming from, but we have limitations. I think that goes a really long way.
1: Well, it does encourage people to speak up yeah. when they have an idea. Because if they're shut down every time they suggest something, chances are at some point they'll, they'll stop. You just
0: stop, Yeah.
1: But if what you suggest is being experimented with, mm-hmm. if other people become aware of it, then you encourage a culture where everyone has the, the freedom and the confidence to suggest something new. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important, especially in, in these very fluid cultures that we're seeing now, to have people feel uh, good about taking initiative mm-hmm. and taking something that seems quite risky. Oh.
0: So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think, well, you know, I'm, I'm often find myself in conversations around um, we can't let everyone feed into the business. And it's it's a way of thinking that was the norm back in the day. And I think made a lot of sense when jobs were very much a nine to five. But now we, you know, a lot of employees, a lot of the younger generation give 110 percent to the organization they buy into purpose they're given options uh you know and the expectation on them is higher and therefore rightly so the expectation back on the business is higher and and you want to feel like you can contribute to the future of the business
1: yeah because i think that comes down to ownership if you feel that you're really accountable to this company's Mm -hmm. success Mm
0: -hmm.
1: then you will be doing more than what's expected but you also in return expect that when you have an opinion or an idea that's taken seriously as seriously as you're taking being there
0: yeah you're wearing their sweater so Mm. you should (laughs) you should listen um but no i think it's it's a really fair point and and you've got to create those internal systems that enable that information to flow in the right way in the most constructive way it's not about putting a you know anonymous suggestions box in a common room, it's about <laughs> healthy discussion. Are people and still doing that? I don't I know. No. I've <laughs> <laughs> I'm never surprised still. Um, but, yeah, maybe it's anonymous form in, in this day and age. But it's about having, you know, collective and healthy conversations about future, about what, what could be done differently and, and sharing opinions. Yeah, but I
1: think also when it's not anonymous, you do allow for more empathy. Mm. If I stand up and I say, I need this to be different, for me to feel better at work, then I hope that people would pay attention. Yeah. Uh, And being more vocal about everyone's needs and perspectives, I think it's very refreshing.
0: Very much. Actually, I've got a question for you that's just popped into my head. So quite a few of the companies I've worked with have gone through almost a culture change in the time that I've been there. And with that culture change, you almost get two opposing cultures within one company. Um, Do you, and then I find that uh, leadership teams often try to then appease both sides, which is an impossible job, because one, no one will ever be happy. Um, And you have to kind of be clear on where you want to go and reinforce that. So how do you manage, you know, people that, where the communities evolved outside of where they had initially been comfortable with? have you had to manage that process in any way? Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. That we, happens quite often when you have uh, the initial core community yeah. that is really active, has a really strong opinion, really cares about a product, and then around it you start to have a newer community. To be honest, I think everyone is aware of that for the community to grow mm. and um, for it to, to become the, the new vision of, of what, whatever the mm. vision is, you need to sacrifice a little bit of the old view. Mm. And hopefully there is um you start to build this mutual understanding of, okay, we have to let go of some things that are really feel so fundamental to our culture. But in order to survive as a community, in order to continue growing, we need to change direction. Mm-hmm. And you do lose core community members, and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm it is, it's yes, about the it's, evolution yeah, it is mm.
1: it, because it, it makes sense that so when you join a community you're in a certain point in your life and career, yeah. and that changes quite quickly so maybe in 5 years you have different needs and that doesn't really serve you anymore and it's alright, there's yeah. plenty, plenty of communities but as someone who, who manages some you need to ask yourself, what is the goal? what mm. Do you need to grow that fast? Maybe you don't. Maybe, right. maybe it's okay to stay quite small and to keep that really engaged group, but maybe have a different perspective.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. I think it is so relatable in terms of uh, company building. Um, it's perfect. Um, so is there anything you'd like to add to, to the discussion uh, that you think um, the audience would, would benefit from or find relatable?
1: Oh, I would say to be patient. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think we're always in a rush. And when we're excited about creating something new or changing something in a certain way, we want it to happen really quickly. Mm-hmm. But these really strong cultures and really strong communities are rarely formed overnight. And putting in the time, putting in the hours, picking up the phone on weekends, that really pays off. And, uh, yeah, I think that's really important to me.
0: I think that's a really good point and and, uh, a great thing to reinforce, that it it takes time. And like we were saying earlier about that human touch, you can't hack it, you can't rush it. That all comes with time and establishing trust and being able to...
1: Yeah, and that's why I wish that more people would actually ask for help Mm. instead of claiming that they have the community game all sorted and that they everyone is really bragging about having a community right now and i find it really annoying knowing how long it takes and so people are really um not stupid Mm -hmm. so if you tell them that they're part of a community and they know they're not Mm this it doesn't serve anyone and it just aggravates that group so instead of trying to put a label on it and trying to um to own it it's so much easier to say hey we actually don't know how to build that how can we do this together yeah. ask these people for help ask for outside help ask anyone for help <laughs> but don't claim to have it if, if you don't um, yeah that's something that I'm seeing a lot right now especially mm. uh, spaces co-working spaces mm. brands everyone's like oh yeah, yeah our community our community of users no,
0: no, no, it's just people, just <laughs> yeah, no. And well, I think that's a good point. You can fill a room with people, it doesn't mean it's a community,
1: yes. Because, um, understanding what is what is it that unifies these people, what is their shared purpose, and how are you helping them go th- go there collectively? Yeah, that's a
0: much harder problem to solve, exactly. And in you know, management, if we flip that into management, um, it's the equivalent of putting a bunch of a team together and expecting them to be high performing, um, yeah. you know, from the <laughs> gate, it just doesn't happen. It, yeah, <laughs> I, I wish although I'd be out of a job. Um, but yeah, and I think it's you know it's so true. You you need it takes effort, time, um, patience, all the things that we've talked about today. Uh, well, thank you so so much for thank your you time me. and. Um, Yeah, I think that really valuable insight. So thank you for that.
1: Thanks so much.